as we are closing out the um, our series on the book of Galatians chapter 5, we're just going to call this the final fruit. Because we've talked about all the other ones, but we're just going to finish up with the final fruit. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And it says, oh excuse me, Father we thank you in the name of Jesus for allowing us again to come here into your presence. We thank you, Lord, that the anointing is here. And it is the anointing that destroys the yokes. The yokes of bondage, the yokes of control, the yokes of sickness and death. The anointing destroys these very things. So we lift our hearts and our minds to you, Lord, that no flesh can glory and take credit for anything that you have done. We only ask now, Lord, that this word will be sown into fertile ground and bring forth seeds and fruits, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And I step back, Lord, that you would step forward and show your glory unto your people in Jesus' name. Amen. So beginning at verse 22, and it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, and we talked about these, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23. What are they? Gentleness and self-control. Gentleness. Come on, y'all. Self-control. Gentleness and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Now, God wants us to be good at everything that we do. Psalms 1 and 1, or Psalms chapter 1, it says that whatsoever we put our hands to do shall prosper. So if you like to paint on the side, we should be good painters. And not saying that you have to be a bonafide artist, but he wants us to be good at the things we do. Especially when it comes to our family, our community, and on our jobs. We should be the best employees. We should be model employees. But likewise, people of God should have the best fruit. People can display love. Love is what's causing people to pack up tractor trailers and get on planes and go to where the trouble is. Love makes them do that. But we have to show, we have to demonstrate and exemplify a greater level of love than what anyone else does. The same with our joy, our peace. But the but our goal is to the best of these things that's possible. So the first fruit that we want to talk about, the first of the last two, is gentleness. Now, gentleness, gentleness is known as mild behavior, not harsh or severe. Gentleness is a mild behavior. It's not harsh or severe. Now, as we talk about these, you may say, well, didn't we talk about that when we talked about goodness and kindness? If you ever seen a teepee, the way a teepee is made is all the bars or all the sticks on a teepee are really supporting each other. And as you remove the sticks from the teepee, the teepee becomes weak and it falls. We need all of our fruit, one overlapping the other, in order for all of them to work together and complement each other. And when one fruit is not where it needs to be, the other fruit can help to cover us. So, Gentleness is mild behavior. It is not harsh or severe. severe. So what is an example of gentleness? 
Let's go to the book of John, the very familiar story that many of you have heard. The book of John, chapter 8. And I'm going to skip through some verses to kind of shorten this up. And these men said unto Jesus in verse 4, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And I'm going to jump down to verse 7 because it says that they wanted her to be stoned according to the law. And so in verse 7 it says, they asked him once and he had a response. In verse 7, again, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up because his Bible says he went down and he stooped in the soil and began to write. And to this day, nobody knows what Jesus was writing. And he, they kept questioning him and he straightened up and said unto them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. At this, verse 9, those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older ones first, until the only one, Jesus was the only one left, with the woman standing there. And then verse 10, he straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has one, no one come to condemn you? And she said, No, sir, no one. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Now, go and leave your life of sin. Leave your life of sin. Now here it is, Jesus, in the book of John, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. <laughs> Jesus, the Son of God, when it says in Genesis, when God said, Let us make man in our image. Who was God talking to? He was talking to Jesus before his actual fleshly creation. Jesus, as we talked last week, went in his prayer. He said, Father, let them be as one as you and I are as one. Jesus is the Son of God. And here they yet bring a woman to him who has been caught in adultery. Not, Jesus, I have a, I have a brother and we have riches that were given to us. Who deserves the greater? Jesus, I have a servant who is ill. Can you pray for that servant? No, they came and said, Jesus, this woman was caught doing the N-word. <laughs> and she was caught. We didn't hear this. She was actually caught in the act. And it occurred to me that Jesus could have been like we've heard before. He could have approached the men and said, stop being a tattletale. Her sins will find her out eventually. Your sins will find you out. Stop being a tattletale. He could have condemned her from the very place that she stood. What in the world were you thinking? You're not married to this man. Why were you sleeping with him? But he ignored all of this. Because the Bible tells us of all the great things that Jesus did and if they were written, the world could not contain him. Do you not think that Jesus didn't know what this woman had already done? Amen. He already knew. But our gentleness requires that we take the same approach. And what do I mean by that? There are some things in this life that we absolutely have to do. We have to pay taxes, don't we? 
We don't like that part. We have to pay taxes. We have to do so many other things. We have to work. We have to eat. But on the spiritual level, one thing that we have to do, we have to decide, do we want to spend eternity in heaven or damnation in hell? And if we choose heaven, one of the first things that you have to do, you must do this, is you must let people know that you are a child of God. That doesn't mean you have to wear a t-shirt to work saying, I got saved yesterday. I got saved a week ago from today. I got saved three years ago. No, but you have to. We have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that doesn't mean declaring over the loudspeaker, to everyone, but in our conversations. You don't have to tell people, oh, well, I, I, you need change for a $5 bill? Well, I'll give you change because I'm a child of God and I'm saved. No, it's like, here you go, God bless you. And let people know. And in our declaring, Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In our gentleness, we have to be able to go to people and tell them who we are and declare it. Because there's a, there's a popular phrase or an understanding that we may be the only Bible that some people will ever read. Now, does that excuse us from sharing with them? Well, if you don't know who's watching you, then yes, you, you can't be responsible for people you don't know that are watching you. But once we have a dialect, we have conversation with people and people we see on a regular basis because it doesn't mean that person you see at the traffic light, you can't witness to them. But those people that we interact with on a regular basis, we need to tell them about Jesus. So getting back to the gentleness part is people, once you declare to them and let the, everyone know that I'm a child of God, then people are going to be looking for gentleness from you. Oh, well, who went in the refrigerator at work? Who went in the break room? Who ate my lunch? Who ate my lunch? Did, did you eat my lunch? And so people are going to, people are going to come to you and like, and they want to walk over to your desk. I know you, you were looking at my macaroni and cheese. I know you ate my lunch. And you... We have to be led by God because we can't just say, well, I didn't eat your lunch. It's like, hold on, let's calm down now. Let's calm down now. Okay, did you look in your car? Maybe you left your lunch. Oh, my goodness. I think my mac and cheese is in my car. Or it may be another situation. And I know it's happened to me over the years. People will say, well, let's ask him. He won't lie. Anybody ever had that happen? They'll say, well, let's go to him. Let's ask Sister Ashley. She won't lie. So our gentleness has to be portrayed. It has to be shown because people are looking for answers. People are looking for truth. Anybody can fly off the handle. Anybody can get upset. Jesus could have cursed all of them with leprosy. He could have cursed all of them with plagues and famines and said, get out of my face. You adulterous generation. But no. He said, okay, how many of you have done the same thing she's done? That's right. 
And I already know, because Jesus already knew. He didn't just say, leave her alone, I'll, I'll take this. He said, any one of you who hasn't been caught, because y'all have already done, y'all caught her in the act. But any of you who has not been caught yet, throw the stone at her. And so he stooped down and began to write again. And as he stood, hey, my sister, where did, where did everybody go? Well, I tell you what, go, not just I forgive you, but go and leave this life of sin. Go and leave this life of sin. Even to the man, if you all remember the story, where there was a man who wanted to, be, to get into the house so that Jesus could heal him. And so four of his friends lowered him down into the house. And before he could get to the floor, Jesus looked up and said, thy sins are forgiven. And later they saw, Jesus saw this man and told him, stop what you're doing unless that sin comes back on you. But we've got to show gentleness. Amen? We have got to show gentleness. And if you don't know what to say, and if you can't say anything good, then what? Don't say nothing at all. And the last of the fruit, self-control. Self-control. Self-control is the discipline of emotions, desires, or expression, especially in difficult situations. It's our disciplining of our emotions, our desires, or expressions, especially in difficult situations. How much more difficult situation when you know that death is right around the corner? If somebody knows they're about to die, they may make some decisions that they shouldn't make. They may say some things that they really shouldn't say. But in Matthew chapter 26 at verse 50, Jesus knows he's, he's already come out of the Garden of Gethsemane. He's prayed unto the Father all night long. And the Bible says that he was under such duress that when he prayed, it wasn't that Jesus did anything supernatural, but it says that when he prayed, he prayed with such fervorance. That he actually sweated blood. That is a medical condition. This is not a miracle. But if a person is under such great duress, you can sweat blood. You can sweat blood. And I don't think anybody here has been under that much pressure, have you? All right. But Jesus, in verse 50, says, do what you came for. And he's talking to who? Last, I mean. Judas, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry. I thought you said Jude, yeah. He's talking to Judas. Then the men stepped forward, the soldiers, seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions, who was, who was that? Peter, reached into his sword, and the man said yesterday, said, we didn't know Peter was back. He had a shake with him. He said he drew it out, he drew out his sword and struck the servant. Servant's name was Malchus. And cut off his ear. In verse 52, it says, put your sword back in its place. Put your sword 
back in its place because this is not the time for you to cut somebody. This is a time for healing. For all who draw the sword will die by the sword. If you want to go around cutting up people, then wait, because you're going to end up getting cut up yourself. This is not the time. Put your sword back in its place. There is a time and a place for everything. Do you not think that I can call my father? This is Jesus, the son of God, the same one who's forgiven this woman. He says, don't you know that I can call upon my father and at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? He didn't say 12 legions. He said more than 12 legions of angels. How many legions is 12 legions? Well, let's put it like this. In the book of 1 Kings, I believe it's chapter, I don't have it with me. I think it's chapter 19. There was a battle and Hezekiah had prayed. It's like, Lord, we can't handle this. We're under man. We're under power. And in one night, one angel killed 185,000 soldiers. One angel killed 185,000 soldiers. It is said that a legion of men is 6,000 foot soldiers and 700 horsemen. So if he calls, if you do the math, he says, I can call more than 12 legions of angels and y'all are nothing but a memory. But he's telling us, put your swords away. Put that sword away because the word of God, which is the, the, I mean, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always with all prayers and supplications. Put that sword away. Pick up the sword that will really work. Because that sword is made out of something that's going to rust. Something that's going to fail. Something that may be heavy. Something that when you go to reach for it, you can't find it. But thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So with that type of self-control, how many of you know, and I have some, some very intelligent people here. How many of you know who Captain Lisa Nowak is? Captain Lisa Nowak. Captain Lisa Nowak, if you were to go and report the number. Nobody? <laughs> Paging again, Captain Lisa Nowak. Come to the information desk. Okay. Captain Lisa Nowak was a woman, or is a woman, Back in 2007, she drove 950 miles from Houston, Texas to Orlando, Florida because she found out that somebody was messing with her man. She had a steel mallet, a BB gun, a shank with a four-inch blade, and a map leading her to the woman's house to whom she wanted to confront because both of these women were dating the same man. And the police intercepted her at the airport. But what drew the nat- <laughs> what drew national attention and made this case so unbelievable is this woman 
A grown woman, let's see, she's 54 now, so in 2007 she was 47 years old, 46 depending on when her birthday was, she wore diapers so that she didn't have to stop. It's like, you got to stop for gas. <laughs> but she didn't want to stop and use the bathroom. So she's like, I'll wear diapers. And she drove from Houston all the way to Orlando to confront this woman. Now, don't you think there was a moment, perhaps at the end of the driveway, or when she stopped to get gas, or maybe she stopped to get something to eat? Don't you think it may have occurred to her, what kind of sense does this make? <laughs> what kind of sense does it make? I'm going to confront somebody. If he loves her and he's seeing her, maybe there's an issue that I don't even need to deal with. Why do I want to deal with somebody and they can't decide who they want to do, deal with, who they want to be with? But then sometimes it's when we're riding down the road and somebody cuts us off. What type of self-control do you have then? What happens when someone pretends like they're looking for something in the checkout aisle? I'm just looking for some gum. And then they grab the gum and then they get in line in front of you. It, I mean, it gives us so many opportunities to operate in self-control. So many opportunities. But we have to remember that what type of control we put on ourselves determines whether people see us as believers or non-believers. And that may be the choice that they make. Well, if that's normal for a Christian, then I can do that too. You know, every time the boss tells you to go do something, you fly off the handle. Oh man, I can do that too, and I don't even have to go to church. I can stay right at home and act the same way you do and go to heaven just like you're going. But is that self-control? And so finally, in the end of the scriptures, let me go back. It says in verse 23, gentleness, and you don't have to go back to it, gentleness and self-control, against there is against such there is no law. There's no law against these fruit from love all the way down to self-control. There is no law. We are justified. Not that we can do whatever we want to do, but when we're living our best and we're laying before God and we're praying and we're seeking His face and we're studying the Word, that when the enemy comes against us, God says, I got you. I know what they're saying against you. I knew what they were thinking about doing before they did. But I got you. Several years ago, Pastor Wendy and I, we're, um, we're racing fans. And so we took a weekend and we drove up to Delaware, to Dover, Delaware. It's a nice track up there. And we got there, and if you've been to a football stadium or a very large dome of arena of any sort, oftentimes you can go inside and you're like, well, I'm in section C and I need to be in section J. So you just walk down the hallway and you go all the way around. But we realize we're in this section here and we need to be in that section over there. Now imagine this sanctuary, this auditorium here, is the facility we're in. The easiest way would be just to walk straight across. Well, of course, you can't walk across the track. You can't walk across the field. 
And the way this, this track was made, we would have had to actually leave the facility and walk all the way to, around the outside. Or go out this way and go all the way around the other side. And we're just walking along like, I guess we'll get there eventually. And the gentleman just walked up to us. He's like, can I help you? It's like, yeah, we're, we're here and we need to be in those seats over there. He's like, oh, okay. He said, well, come with me. Now, you all heard of Dover Downs, right? There's a large hotel that's actually attached to this track. If we would have went the shortest distance to our seats, then we would have actually had to go out, walk around the hotel parking lot, and come back into the track. But this gentleman said, hey, come with me. Before you know it, he's like, open up the door. Walk along another hallway. Open up another door. Walk down another hallway. Hey, how you doing, Fred? Yeah, I'm good. All right. And before you know it, he's like, all right, there you go. He said, if anybody asked you, I was the one that got you through. If anybody asked you how you got here, I'm the one that got you through. So if anybody wants to know how you got to where you are right now, Jesus was the one that got you through. He's the one that's got the code. He's the one that's swiping his car. He's the one that's putting the code in and getting you through. And everybody else had to go around. That's how God justifies you. But we can't do what we want to do and say, well, Lord, I'm covered in the blood. No, you covered in mud. I don't know because you don't smell right. You don't look right and I don't recognize you. But God is waiting to get us through. Even like the children of Israel. Moses held up his staff. The waters opened up. They walked through. And I love that movie, The Ten Commandments. But we know that Pharaoh in the movie went back to his wife and she, yeah, I told you so. But in the movie, all of the army was killed. All of them drowned. Mm -hmm. Moses got to the other side, held up his staff, and the waters came back open. Because God got them through. And if y'all want to get to my children, y'all got to wait and go all the way around. So we're justified. Now, as y'all know, uh, Pastor Wendy and I, we generally don't use the King James Version. I, I like to go back to it because sometimes the wording is, is different and it seems a little bit more powerful. Mother knows what I'm talking about. But we generally use the NIV version. But I was looking for a little more meat. So gentleness in the new trend, uh, in the NIV is the word that's used. It says gentleness. Now gentleness in the Amplified also says meekness and humility. Meekness and humility. Now in our meekness and our humility and people often say don't don't take my meekness for weakness. Don't think I'm a pushover. I'm no chump. I'm no slump. Because I will take my earrings off. I will take these heels off. And I will lose my religion. But don't don't think just because I'm not saying anything that I'm not standing my ground and that I'm not a child of God. And just because I don't don't open my mouth, I do know what humility is. Because the Bible tells us when we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. 
He will exalt me. Yes. But then in self-control, it says self-restraint or continence. Self-restraint or continence. And you know what we do on Bible on Thursday night Bible study. We say, well, you can't use that word to define the word. So what is what is what is a uh, what is a uh, uh, what is a uh, well self self control? Well, you can't use self restraint, but we do that. But the author in the Amplified, this is not Robert. Please understand, it's not Robert. Says self restraint or continence. So I want to I want to ask you all something, Pastor Wendy. Give Pastor Wendy a hand right now. So you can't define the same word using that word, and you can't applaud yourself, Pastor Wendy. <laughs> yourself. So, now in your chair. But anyway. <laughs> Self-control? Self-control, yeah. Show some, some self-restraint. But Pastor Wendy, the Lord blessed us through her diligence to find this building. Amen? Amen. And one of the things that really concerned us was in other places we looked, in other cities, the first thing they wanted us to do is you've got to upgrade your bathrooms to be handicap accessible. And I think we have some decent bathrooms in here. I think we have great bathrooms in here. If that, any one of those bathrooms was in my house, I would be ecstatic. I mean, they're great. But let's, let's be honest. Let's be real, okay? We're being real, right? Everybody's real? Okay. I want to ask y'all something. First of all, anybody anybody know what this word means? Don't say it. Anybody know what that word means? Continents? Okay. All right. I want y'all to welcome back to the scene on the day at Open All the Worship Center, Mr. Brick. He's been here before, ain't he? Right? Brother Antoine? Brother Brick. All right, so Brother Brick is here. And I want to ask y'all, I mean, let's be real. This is in the Bible, y'all. I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. Y'all say, this, this is, in is in the Bible. Continents. How many of us would be willing, and I'll tell you what the word means in a minute. Don't be Googling it. Deep. Honestly, how many of us would be willing right now to say, I'm not really feeling too good. I need to relieve myself. Would anybody be willing to do that right here and there? Would anybody? Nobody. And I know why. You need a cushion. That's why you so we're going to make it nice and soft for you. <laughs> well, anybody say, I know you have bathrooms over there, but I'm going to do it right here. Would anybody? I know why. You need a lot of privacy. <laughs> the, oh, but they can see you over there. up and give you a little a little more 
That ain't got bad. no more privacy, don't it? <laughs> that ain't bad. It ain't bad? Okay. You good. You good? Okay. Because uh, something, something's about to happen here. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but anyway, it's not cooperating. But anyway, I want to make it easy on you. Because you need a few amenities. <laughs> Got a little newspapers going on here. You need the paper, right? Got a little Wi-Fi going on here. Need to charge your phone. And I'll even throw in, if you call now, I'll even throw in a free camera. <laughs> Privacy, but would you do this? Any anybody? But but I'll tell you the reason why you wouldn't do it is because of one word. You're embarrassed. You'd be shamed. You're embarrassed to say that you did what? I I know nobody was there. And I know the bathrooms were out of order, but you did what? You went in the church? In the sanctuary? You couldn't go on the floor there? <laughs> but you wouldn't do that because you'd be embarrassed. But the fruit of the Spirit is gentleness and self-control. Continence, let me have my word back, please. You know what continence is? Continence, one definition is our restraints from sexual activity. The other continence is our restraint from relieving ourselves. We wouldn't dare do this in the church. And we probably wouldn't do it a whole lot of the places except for the place we're supposed to do it. Self- Restraint. But you said, what? That person did what to you and you, you said, what? So the same embarrassment that we should have for not wanting to do this here, we should show the same self-control, the same restraint, that we would be embarrassed to let those words come out of our mouth. We should be ashamed that we certain ways in front of people. You just think you just lost it. And we lose all credibility. We lose so much credibility. People have been watching you. People up in the county. People who work in the in the cafeteria. People who work in the mail room. They've been watching you for the longest time. But the one time you get to shine, everybody sees you and we go completely off. Wow. But we're not embarrassed. It's like, they, they deserve that. They had it coming to them. If I had a chance, I'd do it again. If you, if you are so bold that you wouldn't do this, yes. then we should be the same way about yes. doing that. Yes. Self-control. 
ashamed to do that, I need to be ashamed about this. If I'm ashamed to do that, I need to be ashamed about this. Self-control. Self-control. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Yes. I hope I hope I didn't offend anybody. By my demonstration, did I? Okay, all right. Because the thing about it, and, and let me say this: continence is a natural thing. Because we don't go, <laughs> we don't sit in the bathroom for hours at a time. We know that there is a time and a season for everything. And we know that we, everybody, even if a person is ill and bed stricken, they know eventually they, they've got to go. But I don't have to say everything I want to say. And people tell you, people are quick to tell you, well, if you're thinking it, you might as well say it. No, for me, Thinking it is one step closer to not even thinking it. Yes. I'm not going to give the devil that victory and saying, well, he deserved it, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Yes. Yes. I don't have, I have to do this, but I, I don't have to do this. And I don't have to think and let those things come out of my heart. Yes. Amen. Amen. Amen.
condemned by whatever it is they may have done in the past because the past cannot change. But moving forward, pray with me. Say, Father, I thank you that your mercy did not give me what I deserve, but that your grace has given me what I didn't deserve. So I thank you now. I pray according to your word. Creating me a clean heart, a clean heart, and renew the right spirit in me. Thank you, Lord. I don't have to say it. I don't have to think it. But I repent right now from my old ways, my wicked ways. My fleshly ways. And I take on the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all. Hallelujah. Give yourself.